Welcome to the 67th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have the manager to the Spider-Man No Way Home Hype Retail Outlet Location, Department 3, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, Simon Eady? I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. You know, same old thing. I don't have much to say in terms of my personal life, you know, not much mm. in that regard. Yeah. So I was thinking to just get right to it, if if you oh. know what I mean. Unless you have something to say, maybe you have something to to mention, some some notable event, mm. you know, at work or or food related. I did get Indian food today. Oh, yeah. I got. Uh, hold up. Let me open my Uber Eats order. Yeah. For for audience members out there that you know don't know our show, Adrian often talks about his uh, food adventures. It's a mm-hmm. thing that he does on this show. Yeah. So uh, I, I use Uber Eats. Um, as oh. of late, just because uh, they they deliver Chuck's Roadhouse to my house. Oh, I see. Here in 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 the small town Maryhill, as an option, as well as they have uh, Filthy Phillies, which I really like. But anyways, Maryhill, uh, a small town outside of Guelph in Canada, because we're Canadian, of course. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was at work, and I'm I'm trying to eat relatively healthy. Like, I, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. like I'm not eating fast food as of late. I'm I'm just trying to like. If I'm going to order food, I want it to be good food. You know what I mean? I'm willing to spend a few extra bucks to get some quality food. So today yes. I was like, I'm, I'm going to try some Indian food. I'm not too familiar with Indian food. Like I, I've had a few uh, like Indian foods, but I don't really know like the names of anything. So I was like, I'm just going to try some some stuff. I, I know pakoras and and right now on, on, on uh, Uber Eats, there's a restaurant called Pick and Move, which is like an Indian restaurant. And they had a buy one, get one for veggie pakoras. And I was like, I really like veggie pakoras. You know, that's like this almost like vegetable fritter with like cumin and like some really good spices in it. A little bit of a kick, not much. It's usually served with like a like a sweet like red sauce or, or this yogurt based sauce. And you kind of dip it in, at least uh, from the places I, I get it from. It's really good. And then on top of that, I was like, hmm. You know, I don't want just veggie pakoras. That's kind of like an appetizer. And I was like, you know, what can, what can I get? What can I get, Simon? I, I asked myself out loud, out loud. And I was like, I'm going to get some rice. So I got, uh, it's called Palau rice. And I don't know what it is. It's just rice. It has like a cumin-y flavor to it. You know, some vegetables through it. So uh, that's pretty good rice. And I got chicken daba curry, um, which again, I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm still going to get it. And it's really good. It was it was delicious. It's nice. It was very spicy, like not super spicy, but a nice like kick to it. You know, you mix it in with the rice. It's just really good. I really like curry. This isn't a Food Network podcast here, Adrian. Are you going to get to the point or? Uh, that's the point. I finished it. That was my Uber Eats order and I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, 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 OK. That's a great story. Yeah. So uh, I suggest those foods. I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't uh, frequent Indian food very often. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah, honestly, it's really delicious. Uh, I met this uh, young gentleman um, who like immigrated here from India like a few years back. And he actually like uh, 
his his girlfriend's friend with my sister. Long story short, and I, and I met him, and he like came over and brought some Indian food, and that was like the first time I tried a bunch of Indian food. He he, he named a bunch of stuff. There's like a chicken biryani, which is like a like a like a like a type of rice with like chicken in it, and it was really good. And a few other things, and I, I for the life of me, I could not remember what they were. So I was trying to like like look through this menu, like maybe I'll find what he suggested. But I, I didn't, unfortunately. But again, what I ordered was really good. I'm a big fan of I like trying a bunch of different foods. You always say I'm a picky eater, but honestly, I'll try anything once, you know, and I'll, I'll give it a try. And I actually do like a lot of food. But uh, again, I'm just not a huge fan. But of. You like also cooking. don't like a lot of food as well. Like, for instance, you don't like bell peppers and you don't like mushrooms. And those those two things. Simon, I Simon, feel like- Simon, Simon, Simon. I like bell peppers. I eat bell peppers raw all the time. I like them in my like salads and stuff. I just don't like them like cooked or grilled. I'll eat them. Okay. I just don't want them. Yeah. You're even picky about. I like the flavor of mushrooms, Simon. I just, the way the, it's cooked. I, w- I went to a, a wedding this past weekend. It was a beautiful wedding. One of my friends got married. And there was, was mushrooms was there and you threw the plate on the floor and you're like, ew, this is disgusting. I'm leaving no, was, this establishment. The, like the, the first course of the meal was this like delicious mushroom soup. And I was like, oh my God, the flavors here are fantastic. I like the flavors of mushrooms. I love the earthiness to it. But occasionally. And yet- that texture, man, that texture fucking gets me. But when it's in like this nice mm. smooth form, I'm like, I'm all for it. Or if it's like diced I up see. small enough, like, you know, in like a beef Wellington or something, it's on the outside. Like, yeah, man, I can, Ooh, yeah. I can do that. But like biting into a mushroom, that squeak, it's like, it's rubber. It's this weird a little bit rubber. fucking texture that I can't get behind. Yeah, yeah. Although I like cheese curds, which at the same time has a similar texture. So, ah, you know, it's true. It's just the whole thing. All right. Yeah. All right, Adrian. I'd like to draw your attention to Batfleck for a moment. <gasps> Batfleck being Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm aware. Ben Affleck as Batman. Although I feel like Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton both danced around the subject of them both being in the Flash movie, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they are definitely going to both be in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Affleck was talking about his experience in the Flash movie oh which is kind of interesting to me and i'm sure we'll learn more about it at the dc fandom which is next week which i'm pretty excited for because there's been a lot of you know little teasers before the teasers for like peacemaker that peacemaker tv series for hbo Mm -hmm. uh the batman by matt reeves so i'm Mm -hmm. i'm I'm pretty curious to see what they actually launch and and uh and tease at that event but before we get there uh, something to mention would be uh, Batflick was being interviewed by Variety, by uh, Mark Malkin at Variety. And he said, uh, in regards to his experience on the Flash movie, it was a really nice way to revisit that as the prior experience had been difficult. Um, the reason why he was being interviewed, by the way, was because of uh, him being in George Clooney's Tender Bar. George, George Clooney is directing a movie called The Tender Bar or whatever. So he was being interviewed for that. Hmm. Uh, and so this is kind of the follow-up. Um, and then he said, this was really, really... This was really lovely, really fun. I had a great time. And then he kind of said something a little, a little weird when he said, I'm probably under some gag order that I'm not even aware that, that I probably just violated and I'm now going to be sued for just saying it was fun, which is hmm. interesting. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that he had a good time. I'm curious. Did he not have a good time with Zack Snyder on Batman versus Superman 2? I think he was more referencing the experience with Joss Whedon's Justice League. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's my assumption. Because I know, um, like he he was struggling with like alcoholism once again, like shortly after Zack Snyder's Justice League, and you know you can definitely tell um, 
the difference between the reshoots and, and the in the original movie. Um, like there's a slight, you know, different look to him, unfortunately. And obviously, you know, he, he's, he's on the right path now, which is which is great to, to hear. And I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited for this uh, Flash movie. It is it just me or is this Flash movie just a Batman movie? Um, No, it's definitely centered on Flash. Yeah. What do you mean? It just feels like it, it does have both Batman's in it, but I don't think that they are in it as much yeah. as you'd expect. Like the, yeah, I wouldn't get too hyped about that, but I think it's going to be very much pulling in the rest of the DC universe and perhaps other Justice League characters. I'm oh, pretty excited. Like Ray Fisher. Yeah, definitely not Ray Fisher. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, such a bar. that's definitely not happening yeah. because of what happened. But anyway, yeah, so that's, that's cool. So I, I'm actually, I'm very curious about this. And again, I, I'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out more at the DC fandom. So next week's the DC fandom episode, eh? It is, yeah. So we'll have to plan our episode the way we recorded around that. Yeah. I'm sure that's. I think it's an old date, or it's a three-hour event. They kind of toned it down. They made yeah, it last long, year was like, like twenty-four last... hours, wasn't it? Something stupid like that. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. It was. I think it was twelve hours at a time, though. So they they ran it for twelve hours, the same recording twice. Oh. And so if you missed it for whatever reason, you would catch it again. Something like that, or maybe they ran it three times. I don't know. Right. I lost. I think I didn't catch the beginning of the first half so i just watched that again afterwards mm-hmm. when the second time it aired and then we recorded our podcast and i had all the all the juicy tidbits that we could talk all about deets yeah that's right yeah all right adrian do you have any corrections uh, we sometimes do a show corrections segment of our show when we've made a mistake mm-hmm. on a previous week's episode of our podcast do you have any uh, show corrections to point out yeah simon uh so as as every listener knows when we make a mistake we make it together. It's our mistake. And and the mistake we oh, no. made last week together, that's our mistake, is um, forgetting to mention that Night Raiders was actually coming out in theaters. Night Raiders being a movie that's like executive produced by Taika Waititi, actually. And it's being reviewed incredibly well. I think it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, like I just looked at us up real quick. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it seems like a very in- uh, like interesting movie. I, I do want to watch this one. And uh I feel bad for missing it because I swear to God, I even saw a trailer for this movie and telling me the release date like the week prior when we watched like the eyes of Tammy Faye or something like that. So um, I see. I, I apologize that we missed it and that we together made this mistake. Your mistakes are my mistakes. My mistakes are your mistakes. You know, you know how it is. I'm, you- well, no, I don't. I think it's your mistake, but uh, whatever. It is what it is. Which is uh, which is your mistake because it's our mistake, you know. The huge, the huge. We're on the same page. Well, here. inevitably, I guess if you're saying that when you make a blunder, it punishes both of us, I suppose you're correct. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, you're the one who got the thing wrong because that's your segment, you know, the segment in which mm-hmm. we talk about the new releases every week. So yeah. I don't know. You didn't get Night Riders on the list, and that's kind of your mistake. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, you know what? You know what's our mistake again? You said Night Rider Riders. It's Night Raiders, Simon. So it's, I said Raiders. And no, you said if Raiders. I sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Riders. I flubbed my words when I said it. Hey, man, it's okay. It's our mistake. No worries, man. I got you. How is it your mistake? And oh, this is freaking frustrating. I'm not even not even gonna ask you. It's not even gonna, not even not even gonna humor you here. I want to know what you watched this week, though. Actually, before that, what? before that, it's almost Halloween season, Ooh, and somebody wrote into us. So let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime listener Kenneth Stadelbar wrote into us about the new Hellraiser film. 
Mm. And he said, Peeps, have you noticed that Hulu's Hellraiser is getting a similar small dick energy that the live action Ghost in the Shell received? All right, let's stop here real quick, Simon. Um, you're familiar with small dick energy, so what do you think? Oh, <laughs> boom, roasted. <laughs> wow. Anyways, wow. continue. I'm sorry. I have to say that um, you just made a mistake that we should really correct. And your mistake is my mistake. My mistake is your mistake. <laughs> yeah, so, Of course. Of course. You know it. You know it. But that means you have small dick energy. Oh, no, dude. Boom. Roasted. Oh, you just you just did it, the Uno reverse card on me. I did. Yeah. That was terrible. Anyways, Kenneth Stadelbauer continued. When the casting for Ghost in the Shell was announced, sensitive people that obviously use 30-ply toilet paper complained about the whitewashing of the kusanagi character this was despite the director of the original anime mamoru oshi and the creator masamune shiro explaining that the character was in an android body with any assumed skin or identity and there was no need for her to be played by an asian actor they even approved of the casting of scarlett johansson Mm -mm. fast forward to hellraiser based on the clive barker novella the hellbound heart the hell priest was originally described as appearing androgynous, but with the breathy, light voice of a young girl. Jamie Clayton has been cast as a character in this iteration. This has people in an outrage because Doug Bradley was miscast as Pinhead for decades, and this is obviously gender swapping. This isn't an adaptation of the studio-driven movies. This is a Clive Barker-produced adaptation of the original story. As usual, uniformed gorms are offended by something that they claim to love, but have minimal understanding of. Signed, Kenneth, and he's got a quote here as usual. Oh, no tears, please. That would be a waste of good suffering. A quote by, quote-unquote, Pinhead from the Hellraiser series. Adrian, did you see anything about this casting and uh, people being outraged on on social media about this particular casting of Jamie Clayton? As uh, Pinhead? No, Simon. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm I, not super into Hellraiser. I'm not too familiar with it. So this has been not on my radar whatsoever. But I'm not surprised people are complaining because people complain about every fucking thing ever. Um, so again, yeah, this, this isn't a huge surprise for me. You know, another one of these, uh, you know, people yelling, women are taking all the men's roles, I'm sure is the issue. Um, again, I don't really see any issue with this. I just... I don't get why people care so much. Just let creators create what they want and just let them do whatever they want to do. Like, I just don't see any issue. Even if you, for whatever, think like this is some sort of like feminist propaganda bullshit or whatever, like, shut up. Who cares? Just let people create what they want to make and cast the people they want to cast. And let's, uh, let's enjoy the ride. You know, if you don't want to watch it, then just don't watch it. But again, don't make these preconceived thoughts on on something that you don't even know what it's fully going to be i mean i I guess technically you know what it's going to be but you know you don't actually know how it's going to turn out so just wait make up your mind when you watch the goddamn movie you know what i mean yes have you seen anything about this uh i have seen stuff about this yeah i i I don't know much about hellraiser though i I feel like that's a that's because i don't watch many horror movies that's just the that's just the feel like a side effect of that so i don't really I probably won't have perspective on this even when it comes out. Um, but I haven't seen this movie in the first place. I did watch a few clips this morning, and then I tried to look up to see if people were outraged about this. And I f- would say that it's the minority, because if you look through Twitter about this specifically, 
The only people talking are the people seem, seeming to be arguing at no one. There's mm-hmm. no, I don't see any negative comments, but everyone's arguing about it. Like people are so upset about this, but I never see any actual negative comments. This is one of those things that I'm not sure is an actual, like it's got to be a minority of people that are having a problem with this. But maybe it's because I'm looking at this late in the game. The casting was like announced five days ago. Mm-hmm. For, we're recording this on a Saturday. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I argue that the ghost in the shell thing, when Scarlett Johansson was cast, there was mm-hmm. an uproar about that. I feel like that was a bigger one. I, I do remember that floating around a lot. And it was floating around on like publications. Yeah. But in this case, I don't see anyone like writing about it saying it's a problem. Like no, no, you know, no writer on, I don't know, variety or something like that is I don't know if they, I don't know if they actually wrote about Ghost in the Shell either, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. no one's writing about it really. Jamie Clayton is from I don't know if you ever watched Sense Eight, but I really did enjoy Sense Eight when I had seen it. The uh, Wachowskis, that's their their series on Netflix. Yeah. It was really cool. It kind of very unique. I think everything the Wachowskis kind of make. I never watched Jer- Jupiter's something or other. Rising, Ascending. Or, Rising, Ascending. Yes, never seen the one that with, one. With uh, Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't even know. The trailer looked the most generic thing ever, which is weird for them because I previously had seen just before that Cloud Atlas. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I thought Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas is a unique gem and I love that movie. And The Matrix obviously is beloved. But yeah, the, I really like Sense8 like a lot. And that's a very unique series too. It's a really mm-hmm. cool cast of characters. Um, so that that's the only spot that I know her from and she's amazing in that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sense8, did it have an actual ending? Or did it just stop? Because I remember it getting canceled. I believe it did. I believe it did. I didn't get to see it though. I don't know why. I think I think because I learned it, can- it got canceled, I kind of fell off. Mm. It's kind of like when DLC comes out for a game and you just like, it's too late already. I moved on. It was kind of yeah. like that. Like they canceled the show and then they, I believe they launched like a, a movie special for that to com- conclude the storyline so that there wouldn't be like left hanging on a thread. Oh, kind of like Serenity for Firefly. Yeah, which is a great... Wow, what a good movie. You know, it's crazy that that even happened. But this is a little different because we're in a different age. Like Serenity actually launched in theaters for oh. Firefly, which is remarkable for a show that only had 12 episodes aired on, you know, on Fox. So that's nuts. But um, but yeah, this though, Netflix is on, you know, Netflix is in charge of this guy. So Netflix can just throw the movie on there. And there's no, there's almost no differentiation in the streaming era of like TV movies and regular movies, if you know yeah. what I mean. It's kind of an interesting thing I never really thought about until just this moment. There's no differentiation. It just doesn't exist. So you can have like, you know, the Kissing Booth 3, which arguably wouldn't make it to theaters. You know what I mean? The Kissing 2? No, 3. Yeah. So it'd be, what are you going to, are you going to make a name for that? The Kissing 3? That's stupid. Yeah, it is. Stupid. You're stupid. I set you up for that stupidity. (laughs) I did. Anyways. So yes, this is unfortunate. This is yeah. unnecessary, especially because Pinhead is described as androgynous. And we just haven't seen what this iteration has to offer yet. So why would anybody be judging it yet? That's the question. And on the flip side of that argument, the, the majority of the people, at least right now on Twitter, are saying this is great. And they're arguing yeah. with people that don't really exist. So I, I think that this isn't a real issue. Outrage sort of thing? Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure again, there's always a minority of people that are complaining. This is always yeah. the case. You're never going to have it perfect. 
uh, and this is a stupid thing to complain about, but I feel like this is pretty mild. If I'm wrong, get right into us at splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com. Let me know. Yeah. Tell me tell me what article or you know big publication or some place is, is complaining about this mm-hmm. casting because I think most people have, have accepted it. Most people of, of stature have kind of thought, this is great. And I think that people are liking the, yeah. the concept of changing the changing changing this up a little bit after many many movies. Mm-hmm. I think they were on like ten movies or something like that, and they're now going into a reboot. So wow, that's a lot of movies. I could be wrong. There could be more. Quick uh, quick aside um, on the topic of Ken's email. How I wonder how thirty ply toilet paper would feel. <laughs> like how thick? Like how thick it's- that toilet paper have to be? I feel like. It's like a pillow. Yeah. I guess like in theory, you could just put like 15 pieces of, you know, two ply toilet paper together and then I would know. To try it. It's a fairly easy to, I can, I'm going to literally try it after this podcast. I was going to say like, I know what you'll be doing after this podcast. Mm -hmm. Wiping my ass with 30 ply toilet paper, baby. Let us know how it goes uh, next episode. Okay. On episode 68. I look forward to your update. Um, Adrian, I want to know. You haven't been watching Hellraiser, obviously, this week, but what have you been watching? Have you watched any horror movies? Have you watched anything of note that you'd love to talk about here on Split Focus, a film and TV podcast? Hmm? Yes, I mean, I've watched quite a few things. And uh, last week, I mentioned that I started watching a show that took the world by storm and is still taking the world by storm. It's number one on Netflix all around the world. And that show is called Squid Game. Oh, yeah. And uh, I finished it. And I think this is one of those shows that is definitely getting the hype that it deserves. It's freaking awesome, man. It's it's genuinely fantastic. I'm really loving this show, or I really love this first season of the show, and I, I hope they decide to continue it. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it yet? I did indeed. I'm on episode... I'm on episode nine, the final episode. Oh. Well into it, and I'm just on the verge of the finale. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. It's... um. It's truly amazing. Uh, of course, this is a show out of South Korea, and uh, apparently the creator wanted to make this show for like 15 years or something like that, some some ridiculous number of years, and everyone mm-hmm. just kept turning him down. And then finally Netflix said yes, and now it's the greatest show maybe Netflix has ever launched in terms of international hype and mm-hmm. uh, the number of people who have watched it. I think it's the number one in I don't even know how many countries at this point. But ultimately... Yes, I, I would agree with you that it's 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 getting the hype that it deserves, and that it's extremely well written. It's mm-hmm. well acted, arguably. I mean, there's an argument to be made there because we don't speak the language. Um, let's be Korean, but I, I think that uh, there's moments in that that I've it made me cry multiple times. I, there's like it's crazy how emotionally draining it is at moments, and yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 very gory at times. You'd think. Based on the trailer, if you just watch the trailer on Netflix, you'd argue that it almost looks like a weird game show where people are just going into this um, almost like, what's that game show where, I don't know, American Ninja or whatever, American Ninja Warrior or Mm -hmm. it's like a Fall Guys type scenario, but it it doesn't look like there's going to be any substance to it. And it looks like, okay, they, they have a concept here. Like Saw. You know what I mean? Every Saw mm-hmm. movie is kind of the same. You're like, oh, they're going to do – it's Saw. Okay. But if not – That first Saw movie is really good though. I stand by yes, that. Yes, it is. It is. But the plot has a lot of substance. The characters have a lot of substance. There's a lot of character development. And so again, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this, hundreds of people basically are volunteered sort of. But they, they go into this this game 
they're, they're playing these kids games from their childhood in Korea. Well, I mean, they have a twist. They are deadly, a lot deadlier than the mm-hmm. games they played as, as children. Uh, and the question is, I mean, should they be there? And is it worth it? Of course, there's a reason why you would go is because there's potential reward for you to do these to do this game. And I'm sure there's like millions of memes out there. So if you keep keep an eye on meme culture or really any news, you would have seen the the concept of the show floating around. But mm-hmm. again, one would argue, at least I thought initially when I saw the trailer, that it was just going to be substanceless, not nonsense, but maybe good fun. But it wouldn't be mm-hmm. this deep or this metaphoric or emotional like so character driven like every character like there's so many characters that you follow and they're all so unique and different in their own ways and such compelling like they're compelling characters and i honestly love watching them and i i I fell in love with so many of these characters throughout the show and you know it's it's really something special like this idea isn't necessarily like wholly original you know like you have you have movies like hung the hunger game or you know even um like uh, which I really love the the movie Battle Royale, which is like a Japanese movie that came out, you know, back in the early two thousands. I actually connected it closer to, in a weird way, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Yeah, yeah, because it's, those are also deadly too, and it's it's disguised as like being so normal, but yeah. they're not really that normal because you can get killed and eaten by a dragon. Exactly, <laughs> so like, no dragons in this show, though. No. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's on such a it's on such a grander scale. Like you know, there's there's literally hundreds of people, and you're seeing, you know, bodies just drop left and right, and it's incredibly bloody and gory, and it, it's 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 very well done. And again, the costumes are so memorable. Um, you know, like just the inmate con, not necessarily inmate costumes, but you know, like their tracksuits that they're wearing, and you know that like pink, um, you know, like pink, like almost rain suit with those black masks with just you know like a circle square or triangle on it um, are you about to say that you bought on amazon that costume for halloween is that what you're about to say oh no i'm actually oh. gonna go as johnny bravo this year oh okay yeah cool you're gonna yeah. dye your hair blonde um yeah i'm gonna i might <laughs> i don't know if i want to dedicate that much to it like i'm gonna see how long my hair grows out I feel like I can't get that voluptuousness of, that Johnny Bravo has. So I might just go to like a party city or a value. Ken actually sent me um, a, a picture while he was at Value Village of like this wig that I, sh- that I should go and get. So I might go to Value Village on one of my days off and pick it up and then, you know, maybe cut it up a bit and get it blonder. But yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, again, sorry. Again, the yeah, the costumes in the show, that was a, that was a random aside. The costumes in the show are just, yeah, so incredibly memorable and, Again, the, the the show itself, like you said, it, there is so much substance to it. It's not just like this mindless sort of cool idea. It goes much deeper than that. And there's some plot threads that I didn't expect to, you know, happen uh, and and go on in the show itself. Like uh, there's one plot line. To be fair, I went in pretty much blind. But um, yeah, there's like one plot line in particular that it kept on going. And I was like, damn, this is actually super interesting. I did not expect them to go down this road. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see if, if they're going to, I mean, they're definitely going to continue it, uh, considering the success of the show, but I, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with the show and if it can even live up to the amazingness that this first season is. Cause again, it's not like, it, it's just blown up man like everyone and their goddamn grandparents are watching this show it's wild um it's like a 
constant topic at my workplace. People literally will like come up to me and be like, have you watched? Because they know I just love watching like movies and TV. Like, have you watched Squid Game yet? Like, should I watch? And I'm like, hell the fuck. Yeah, you should. So again, so many people are watching it and it's, it's so damn good. It's so damn good. Yeah. I, I almost want to, I want to put this out there, Simon. Yes. Would you want to do a closer look episode about the first season of Squid Game? So we can just I think we should. Fucking... I think we should. We could try to aim for. I think I should be done by, for sure, by this upcoming Friday. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd argue that we could do it for then, if you'd like. Okay, man. Yeah, let's do it up. A closer look, audience members, if you're not aware, is a bonus series of our show. Basically, they're shorter episodes that they just go into the spoilery aspects of certain properties like Squid Game or Loki or WandaVision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We just recently did one for Adrian's favorite movie of the year, Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage. And um, yeah. Not a good movie. That was a relatively short. I th- no, it's your favorite movie of the year. Adrian, come on, play along. I mean, it's better than uh, Ready Player One, that's for sure. So. Ready Player One didn't come out in 2021. Oh. Feels like it did. That movie sucks. Stuck with me. I like that you didn't go back on the fact that that Venom Let There Be Carnage is your favorite movie of the year. We're going to move on. Um, I'll stick with it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's better than Ready Player One. I'll stick with it. Sure. Why not? Ready Player, or sorry, Venom Let There Be Carnage is my favorite movie of 2021. Okay. After the 53 other movies I watched. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Squid Game. I agree with you, and I'm I'm so close to the end. I watched two episodes today, actually. So it, mm-hmm. it is addictive too. And the only thing I think that would deter people from watching it is the amount of gore and blood. Like, mm-hmm. it is not for the faint of heart. I would say, and that's I think a turnoff that I was reading online um, was a major one. I would argue. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, again, very surprising. Very arguably just really well written, and there's just really nothing to not like about it. The mm-hmm. only thing I would also just follow up on what you said is you specifically said that you'd, you'd hope for a second season. I haven't gotten to the end. I'm kind of curious where they could go with a second season. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing that I'm, I'm worried about a, you know, this is the most popular show ever. Uh, (laughs) You don't need a 13 reasons why situation, you know, 13 reasons why, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what I feel like we might get. And that, that's the only thing that I'm a little worried about is 13 reasons why was tremendously popular. I think everyone not not as much as this, but everyone was yeah. kind of talking about that show too. Came up a lot, and then by the end of by the end of it, they're like, "Well, we're going to make a second season. We're just going to force a square peg into a round hole." Yay! Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. not good. So I hope that's the only thing that I'm a little worried about. But at this point in the game, I I welcome it if the creator has some something good to say. The director of the series apparently lost his teeth. While doing it because – well, making this show because it was very stressful to to direct apparently. Did you hear that? Mm. I did not hear that. I, I know what you were talking about earlier, like how like the people were turning him down and like he had to like sell his laptop or whatever. Not the creator. I think the director and the creator is different. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's, oh. it's a different guy. The director okay. of the show lost his teeth. Like like figuratively or literally? He launched what, – what do you mean figure? What do you mean figuratively? How could you figuratively lose your teeth? Is that a phrase anybody says? (laughs) Oh, I lost my teeth doing this. It was so stressful. I don't think so. You know, grandparents with dentures. (laughs) Oh, I see. But that's still – you still lost your teeth though. That's still literally. (laughs) I guess so. Well, literally now also means figuratively. Okay. That is the most annoying thing and (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. I know. Because there's no word that means literally then. So on this podcast, literally means literally. 
Literally, literally means literally, okay? Everyone, just to be clear, if we say literally, because there's no other word in the English language that I can think of that really means literally, so I don't know why anyone would change that. Is that actually officially changed? I know. Wasn't it like Merriam-Webster's Dictionary or some shit like genuinely changed the definition of literally? (sighs) There was one place. I don't know if everyone kind of agreed with that because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. (sighs) Whatever. Who cares? Literally means literally. Literally, literally means literally on this podcast. We'll stand by that. It was the show's creator. The show's creator lost six teeth from stress for filming the show, but he's not ruling out a a second season. (laughs) I just love that dedication. But uh, but yeah. And he's like, I I think he said he's still missing two molars, but he hasn't had a chance because he's so busy to replace them. That's wild. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of nuts. It's kind of nuts. Pretty nuts. Yeah, no, I think I saw that on IGN, the entertainment oh. website IGN, Adrian. Which is a video game website. Sorry, Ken. Among other things. They do other things. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, are you watching the show in Korean or are you watching the English dub? Oh, that's a great question. And I honestly have to say, being this far into the show, that the only way to watch it appropriately, properly, is to watch it in Korean. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I watched it all in Korean. I started watching this show. Um, so, like, for whatever reason, Netflix here, it it defaults to, Cana- like, uh, English dub. And, yeah, okay. you know, I started watching the first, like, I don't know, like, two minutes of the show is just explaining the concept of Squid Game. And it's, like, you know, English voiceover. And I was like, oh, I guess the show's in English. And then it, like, kind of, uh, as soon as, like, the, the first character starts talking and the English was still going, I was like, oh, hell no, I can't do this. So I just like switch it over to Korean. It's funny because I remember being a kid. This I'm gonna. This is a little throwback. I used to go to Serbia, you know, about, like almost every summer when I was a child to like you know hang out with my grandparents and stuff, go with my family. And I remember uh, my my one grandmother, my mom's mom, uh, she would always watch like these Hungarian network like TV shows and and all that stuff. And it's you know like American TV, but it was always dubbed in Hungarian, even like freaking cooking shows like jamie oliver's on there but for whatever reason jamie oliver's now hungarian and i remember it drove me absolutely insane like i was mad i was like i can't handle this and i I always like asked my grandma i was like why can't you just watch things in english and just read she's like you know like i don't want to watch that stuff like it it gets tiresome to like read everything like you know like when you get older you'll understand well i'm older now and I still don't understand is what I want to say. Are you your grandparents' age in this scenario? Come on. Pretty much. You're your grandpa. What? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Is that real? Yeah, my grandmother was 27. <laughs> yeah, it's real. There's a lot of math you can do here that would make your family quite odd. And I don't know. I think mm-hmm. you. Hmm. I don't know if this is true. I'm going to say it's not. But maybe I'll say it is. Because I trust you, Adrian. I trust you. Thanks, man. But yeah. My thing was, it's it's jarring. Uh, it was jarring in the beginning of the show, but I found that there's moments because these characters are wearing masks that actually it's important that you don't. I just don't agree with using with using dub at all. In, in this, yeah. in 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 terms of what the show is and as it progresses, I feel like it's it's a good thing to kind of know that they're speaking Korean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I just even then like the way it starts okay it's fine because it's narration over top of a game and then when it goes to the next thing after that when it goes mm-hmm. to the it's uh, the main character the protagonist with his mom talking in her apartment it's it's terribly jarring 
and you can't really get the full perspective. I think this is you could say this about dubs in general, but you just can't get the full perspective on the acting at all. Yeah, because it's a different person narrate, like kind of just narrating over the lines. It's just not. Ah, no, I, I just um, I don't know why I haven't seen anything dubbed in like I feel like fifteen years, and this is the first thing that I kind of tried to jump into. The only reason I was going to do it is because my girlfriend and I make cookies. And we were like kind of invested in eating our cookies. And it's nice when you're eating something to not read potentially. I wouldn't mm. say it's exhausting. I think you get very used to it very quickly. But it only is tiring in the very beginning when you watch start watching something when you haven't done it for a long time. So mm. I wonder if your grandparents, if they had watched everything with subs over long periods of time, they wouldn't think that. That's, that's kind of what I'm – you know what I'm saying? You just get used to it. Yeah. Well, my dad's mom – she would watch things on like the Serbian channel and, the, and there was rarely any like Serbian dubs. So it usually would be in English with just like subtitles. So okay. I would tend to watch the Serbian channels. And she wasn't tired of it. No, she wasn't. And she was about 26, 27 as well. Uh, yeah, a little bit older. She was actually 32. Oh, yeah. I see. Just a, little, just a smidge older. Yeah. I'm not sure where this joke is going. Now I'm, now I'm even more confused, but that's good. Adrian, did you watch anything else this week? I'm curious. Uh, yes, Simon, I did actually. I watched um, the movie, a, ne- a Netflix original movie called The Guilty, which Ooh. is a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal um, where he is a um, 911 phone operator that was like recently demoted to a position that's kind of left like ambiguous, at least at the beginning of the movie. And, you know, uh, during his one of his shifts, he like gets a call from a woman that's, you know, like crying and, and, and she finds that, or he realizes that she's kidnapped by a man and he wants to do everything he can to kind of save her. Um, and the entire movie is literally just on Jake Gyllenhaal's. You don't see anyone that he's talking to over the phone throughout the entire movie. It's always, the camera's always on him or what he's looking at, which is kind of neat. It's uh, I, I like these kinds of movies. I think it's a cool idea and it's done very well. Um, however, I think this movie is far from perfect. Um, I really liked it initially, but I think it falls a little flat at the end. There's a couple of like almost cop out moments, no pun intended, um, that really take away from um, the suspense and, and, and the, like the severity of the situation that's been going on. Um, but all in all, like, I think it's a pretty good movie. Like, did you get a chance to watch this movie? I did indeed. Yes, I did. I watched it on Netflix um, this past week as well. It's mm-hmm. – um, I liked it a lot actually. My girlfriend didn't like it very much. I did like it and I feel like it's like an acting clinic by Jake Gyllenhaal because mm-hmm. it's like the, the camera's always on him. They, I was watching this uh, small special features clip for the m- movie and Jake Gyllenhaal was talking about how they kind of had uh, – they kind of just used multiple cameras in multiple spots and try to keep shots going as long as possible. They mm-hmm. cut multiple times, but they, they're really just continuing the shot. So the people walking around in the background are actually just kind of doing their thing the whole time. So if yeah. they're on the phone or whatever, they're just on the phone as, again, 911 operators would be, or someone's grabbing a coffee. They're just doing that and then going back to their desk while Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of going through this scene as giant mm-hmm. takes, which I thought was really cool. Uh, as a concept but yeah as you said like there's just not much there's not many characters in this that you see like you hear most of the other characters in fact a lot of the people on the phone the actors on the phone are not even uh they they didn't really go into a booth they actually did some of these calls over zoom and they kind of called in 
yeah, apparently they called in and Jake Gyllenhaal would talk to them over Zoom for the call. And he would sometimes hear his own voice back because Zoom was having a weird, one of those weird uh, feedback glitches, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So he had to deal with that. Uh, there's actually a crazy cast here too. Like Riley Keough is part of the cast. Ethan Hawke is a huge part of the cast. Paul Dano. Uh, we got David Castaneda, which is who's going to be in the next uh, iteration of A Dangerous Game from uh, the Roku channel. Uh, yep. Bill Burr was in it. Bill Burr is the only one I really recognized right away because it was obvious. Um, yeah, it's a, oh, and Peter, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, who's great too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic cast. I just, I don't know what cop out moments you're talking about. I just thought that his performance was really good. I thought that this was kind of reminiscent a little bit of the movie searching with John Cho in a mm-hmm. weird way. And that it's a concept film in which you kind of just leave the imagery kind of almost to your imagination, yeah. but you still have John Cho or in this case, Jake Gyllenhaal to look at and see him emote constantly. So I'm curious if Gyllenhaal will be nominated for this one. I don't. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked. I think he did a really good job. And again, I think, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal is just a fantastic actor and, and, and he absolutely crushed it in this role, but I don't don't know if he would, like, I don't think John Cho got nominated for his role in searching. And I think searching is a, Oh really? I I would honestly disagree. Like I think John Cho was phenomenal in that movie, and you know he showed a lot of emotion. And I I really like Searching. I think Searching is uh, by far a better movie than this movie. Um, yeah, however, I, I could it, agree with that part, but I don't I don't really re- remember John Cho being as remarkable. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal goes through like again, it's the camera stays on him so deliberately. Mm-hmm. Searching it it jumps around a lot to what he's searching for, literally on the yeah. internet. It's not always on Joe, John Cho's face. Although he does a great job. I don't want to take away from that performance. He does an awesome yeah. job. I, just I think he's amazing. But like, there's one moment during the end of this movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that I was like, oh my God, he's on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. guess what? He's on the phone. No, he's on his cell phone instead of the 911 operator call um, with, with like a, a buddy of his or whatever. And I just the film that that scene was like really good. Like he, he's just, re- I don't know. He is a, we know he's Jake Gyllenhaal is a good actor, but I just yeah. I really liked it in that regard. Yeah, I really but. like Jake Gyllenhaal um, in general, and again, like his character is, I don't know, I really liked his character. He's he's kind of a hothead. He, he's I feel like he's almost meant to be pretty unlikable, but I, I don't know. It's he's just so angry and frustrated, and the way he just like snaps is is absolutely hilarious. I, I really I really liked his portrayal of uh, this character and. Yeah, I do agree with you that that last scene is it's it's powerful, it's emotional, um, and yeah, like it's it, again, it's not a bad movie by any means. I I quite liked it. I think it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like the ending itself fell flat for me, um, unfortunately. Oh. Interesting. And, yeah, this movie's directed by Antoine Fuqua, by the way, who did Equalizer. He did. I don't know. It's funny. I've watched a few of Antoine Fuqua's move movies, but I just find that. I don't always love them. I don't know. He also did Training Day, which I haven't seen. I think that's, to be fair, that's one of his most well-regarded movies. But I don't know. I, I did like this one, though. I think this is my favorite movie that Antoine that I've seen that Antoine Fuqua has made. The other thing that's really cool about this is that Antoine Fuqua was not in the room. He For most of the filming, because I think this was filmed in the beginning of COVID, and they had like a limit of number, the number of people who could be in that room at a time or i think he was being 
quarantined and they only had a 14 day shoot. It was like a 14 day quarantine and they only had like 15 days or something like that. So mm-hmm. he had to end up, he was in a, in a truck outside of the lot or in the lot basically for the studio, actually mm-hmm. directing from the lot, like the parking lot. Interesting. And he was in like a, a directing truck, which I thought was kind of a neat thing too. I just like yeah. the, the, the the ringing as well for that nine one one ring like the ringtone type thing. I just found that that kind of just was ingrained in my brain by the end of it. Just kind of like that trailer, which was really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was still thinking about that ringing and how it keeps going off a hundred times. It would almost be ridiculously irritating to work in that job. Um, you mentioned uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Joe character and how he got frustrated. It's funny. You almost you see he's kind of a dick. But you mm-hmm. almost sympathize it with him a little bit at certain points because he's trying to save lives, and some of the people on the other end they don't seem to care as much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because he, yeah, he's just, he's just so dedicated to save this woman's life, and and you know he's just so, yeah, just emotional. Whereas everyone else seems kind of like, yeah, we're doing it, like we'll do it, like almost like yeah, it's yeah, not important. Tired. Where for him, it's like the most important thing possible. And right. yeah, like I think I think that's one of the reasons why. You, you do like his character despite him being such a fucking asshole. Yeah, but you do, you own, you know he's being a dick too. So it's like this is not the right way to do this. But mm-hmm. it's like he's like fighting through the bureaucracy of the people on the other end of his calls, like the people he's working with to try and get this woman saved. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. Is My girlfriend kept saying like, what a dick. He's such a dick. And I was like, he is a dick. But I, I, I kind of sympathize with him a little bit. So that's what that's the beauty of the movie as well. Like you can sympathize with this guy who's completely being an asshole. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to – I know you don't want to spoil it, but I kind of am curious which part of the ending you didn't like. But – guess we'll never know because we don't spoil things on split focus a film and tv podcast so no and we don't um, talk outside yeah. this podcast so yeah so i guess we'll never we'll never yeah. know literally yeah. but yeah you can watch this movie audience on netflix if you don't have a netflix subscription i guess you can't but uh if well, actually no you can because it is in some theaters as well which is kind of neat mm-hmm. um but if you have a netflix subscription you can check this out yeah for uh for that subscription cost Whoa. if you have a moment to do so adrian did you watch anything else this week uh, yeah, Simon, I uh, I finished um, Marvel's What If, which is a Disney Plus original show of like, what if a bunch of things happen in the MCU differently? Yes. And uh, so I watched the last three episodes. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, Simon, I've been pretty negative about this show. Oh, you, oh yeah? <laughs> no way. I've been fairly negative about this show. I didn't like, I don't really like it. And I'll be honest, I still don't necessarily love this show, but... Not not the third last episode, which is the Party Thor episode, which I thought was like a genuinely another bad episode. I was like, I just don't like this. The last, the second to last episode, especially, but the last episode as well are really great. I, I think I think this show has a 33% success rate. Three out of the nine episodes I actually enjoyed watching, um, which in my eyes is still a failure, unfortunately. But again, I think this show ended very, very strong. I think, again, those last two episodes are super interesting. And what they do is uh, something that I wasn't necessarily expecting um, for them to do and for them to, you know, go down that route. And I'm I'm glad they did. I, again, I don't it's kind of hard to talk about because those last two episodes, uh, you know, it's it it can kind of spoil a bunch of stuff. So I don't necessarily want to say exactly what goes down, but I like the creative choices they made and how they kind of. 
um, connected, you know, everything that happened together in a weird way where it didn't yeah. feel like each of these episodes were, you know, useless and kind of abruptly over. Uh, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, this, this show did redeem itself. And if they do decide, I think they are doing a season two. I'm sure they are. They do do a season do do. If they do do a season two, I'm definitely going to, uh, I'll, I'll jump in and watch it. Cause uh, I think I, I like what they did with these last two episodes. Did, did you finish what if? I did watch it to the end as well. And uh, again, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes of Split Focus Audience, we uh, differ in our love and hate for this show. Adrian didn't like it as much as I did. I really do like it, and I liked it pretty much from the start. Well, that's not true. The first episode is this weakest is the weakest one in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. But as it goes forward, it's uh, it. I feel like it gets. No, I feel like it gets better as soon as the second episode airs. And uh, our criticism of it was, I think, each of the episodes feels almost rushed. Like there's not enough. There's, they're trying to get too much into a 30-minute episode going through potentially the plot or the alternative plot of an entire Marvel movie that was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of something we kind of agreed with. But I, I found that they did it in a way that was very succinct and they – they had it. They tied enough character development in each of these episodes, except for the first one, mm-hmm. that it to me was good by the end, or, or even good by the second episode and onward. And as you mentioned, the last two episodes connect the rest of the episodes in some way. And I don't want to say how because we don't want to spoil it. But that's the beauty of it is that that was completely unexpected. And so when I saw the second to last episode, episode seven, right? Episode seven mm-hmm. was the second to last. Nine, eight. I think it's nine episodes. Oh, okay. Episode eight. At that point, I was like, oh, I see here. Let's get Adrian to watch the rest of this because this is worth watching. And uh, I think you agree because you you watched the last two and you did like it. But I just, it kind of makes them all worth it. This show, What If, is, it seemed like a episodic series. Very, very episodic. Like a, you know, like a sitcom like Friends. Although there's Mm -hmm. tendrils that connect in Friends. It didn't feel like it was very connected. It was connected to the rest of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's not connected to each other. Each one's so sectioned off because it literally takes place in a different universe. So there can't be a way that they connect really, except for the characters being in it that we know and love from the MCU. But as soon as you get to the ending, it kind of is, I feel like it's a genuine payoff for Mm -hmm. the rest of the entire series. And each of the you know, confined stories, I think are worth it. It is an interesting question to ask. What if Adrian, as the watcher says, oh, God. so I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it was a success and I am kind of excited for the second season. I'm kind of curious based on what happens in the last two episodes, what they're going to do because this is such a multiverse heavy series. I am so curious what Feige's plans are. And if he's got, he must have a plan. Maybe he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney owns Star Wars and they did literally didn't have a plan for their final trilogy, which is, again, mind boggling. It's admitted by J.J. Abrams that they didn't have a plan. Force yeah. Awakens, The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, which is crazy. I can't believe that. That's fucking... Considering how much time. Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie, by the way. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Just a friendly reminder. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm sure Kevin Feige's got a plan, like a master plan for the next 10 years. I'd imagine he does. I could be wrong, but he's Mm -hmm. just, he seems so, that's the reason I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so good is because of the planning that went into it. Making each movie amazing and a shining light on its own and making them connect. And the question that I have most of all after watching the end of the What If series, after watching the finale is, what is the plan? What is oh. the plan for the Thanos-like villain, the giant explosive finale for, you know, I guess the multiversal war or whatever is going to be the next Infinity Saga in quotations? Like what's, mm-hmm. what does that look like? I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because they just did this with the What If series. I don't yeah. know if you've got that same reaction or not. Yeah, I, I'm definitely curious. I, I want to pose a question to you about you know, what may come. Pose away. Pose away. Do you think we're going to see any of these versions, like uh, of these characters that we had in live action? Like, do you think they will switch over into live action territory and we're going to see these characters again in like another movie? I think that's a great question. And, and I asked, actually asked that question throughout the series when it came to Black Widow. I think you mm. might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, um... I don't think that they would they would take the animated character and impose it in the MCU without an explanation that was based within the Marvel Cinematic Universe live action, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. I think What If is canon theoretically, but I think that they would have to show it in live action before it was canon in the MCU. Although it would be the same potential plot, I think they would have to give a backstory in a live action form. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I follow along. So I think it, it's theoretically, yes, especially for the ones that I think fans on social media are like raving about, mm-hmm. um, like the episodes that people really like or like versions of these characters, like maybe Captain Carter as an example. Was There was yeah. a lot of hype for Captain Carter when it, that episode first came out, which I, again, ironically is my least favorite episode by far. <laughs> and not because of Captain Carter. I think Captain Carter is a great idea. I just think that episode was just poorly done in terms of like a character development aspect. Um, but she's, yeah, she's a really cool character. I just thought that that first episode was not good. Although there's a lot of hype for that. And I wonder, and there was a question of whether they'd make a live action version of Captain Carter. It's an interesting one, but I think that ultimately they would back it up with a live action version of that character based on the hype caused by what if that's my answer. Fair enough. Okay, cool. I think we are going to see some of these characters in live action. And I don't think they're going to do any sort of backstory. I think they're just uh, like like a live action backstory. I think some of these characters are just going to be thrust in or appear cameo wise. I, I'm, I'm on that, that side personally. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we might see some of these characters in live action without, you know, any sort of setup. It'll just kind of show up uh, one character in particular. I- and and I think it might be as early as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where we're going to see some of these characters. In Again, live action. you're you're leaving a lot to be questioned here, based on your lack of ability to give spoilers. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, like what I'm trying to say though, Adrian, they're not going to spoil any. They're not not going to spoil. They're not going to not give a basis. They just can't do that. If they did that, based on an animated series. They're going to alienate viewers. Not everyone is watching What If that loves the MCU. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. 
You disagree with that? You think they're just going to throw it in with like literally no context? There would I, I have think... to be a tremendous amount. There's got to be context in some way for sure. Well, there's I, be like, I, I don't think they're going to do like a live action episode of, of someone to like explain their backstory or like. Oh, neither do I. Yeah. Like, I, I think like, obviously there will be context when they're brought in. Like, and it'll be like mentioned in passing, but I think we might get like just cameos of specific characters in in movies. And I think, again, I think Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, we're going to see some of these characters. They really it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're going to do a different thing for multiverse of madness. So that's in- interesting. I'm again, so curious. This is almost worth, honestly, what if is almost worth a closer look as well? Cause like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. You could do you could do anything. I mean, you could throw any of these characters in. You could also do it in Loki. I think it's more likely to be. Yeah, in Loki. that's a good call. Yeah. Like I, I think Loki is a more likely scenario because you can give context relatively easily because you've got more time. You had six yeah, hours yeah. to build the second season as an example. Yeah, that's a so good you, point because it is episodic, and you know maybe you can do one-offs with specific characters over the course of an hour or something. Yeah. It's serial, but I think you mean like there's episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this episode, he's with Captain Carter, and this the next episode, he's with whoever else or whatever. You know what I'm saying? With Loki? Yeah. Oh, you think that's what the next season of Loki is going to be? Is literally he's traveling to different dimensions and meeting each version of these different characters? Oh, no. I'm just saying like that's definitely a possibility. I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see it. I just think you can you can throw in a couple of them like at yeah. certain points, like variations of that. I said that earlier, like in a couple episodes back, like you could connect what if to Loki easily because you don't have mm-hmm. to. Again, it's just the lack of context is the issue. But yes, let's move on. You watched anything else this week? Anything exciting? Um, one I watched one final thing, and I'll I'll keep this kind of brief. Uh, they released the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City trailer. Um, which I was, you know, I was like, I was hopeful. I was like, maybe this movie is going to be good. It's directed by like Johannes Roberts, I believe, uh, who made uh, something 47 meters down, which is a movie I watched, which is not a good movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, this this trailer came out and uh, I watched it. And uh, this does not look good, Simon. <laughs> this does not look good, which is kind of a, a unfortunate. This looks incredibly cheap. There is a scene in the there's multiple scenes actually in the trailer where the CGI looks like PlayStation three level qualities of animation, if what? not worse. No, I think you it have looks, a, a you have a different perspective on you. You are really looking at PlayStation three graphics with rose colored glasses. I watched this trailer. There's no nothing even close to PlayStation three graphics. Oh, my God. Simon. I'm going to send you a picture. OK, I'm, I'm you can, send you but a, it's not PlayStation three. There's no way. Oh, dude. You're arguing semantics, but honestly, it, it just does not look good. There, there's with oh, like fucking Jesus. Christ. That's not semantics. I, I've recently played a PlayStation three game. There's nothing even close in any movie that I've ever watched. Regardless, I watched this trailer. I don't have a good perspective on Resident Evil as a series, so I don't know that. It didn't look bad to me. I wasn't. Uh, I sent you the picture. I didn't think it looked terrible. I thought it looked OK, but I don't have a good perspective. I thought you were going to talk more about the story and how it doesn't look acceptable on a story perspective uh, yeah it also doesn't look acceptable ex- acceptable on a story perspective again they're just kind of jamming the story of resident evil one and two together in this weird kind of confusing way um and yeah i'm just not confident in this movie uh, to be fair i wasn't fully confident in this movie but uh yeah I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to go to the theaters. I'm hoping it's going to be a fun time, but goddamn, it just doesn't look good. Did you look at the picture I just sent you? Yeah, no, it doesn't look bad. That doesn't look bad to me. Sorry. It's too dark for for you to discern any 
any bad graphics, especially the lighting. Because the lighting is coming in from multiple windows. I don't mm. think... You're lying to yourself. It doesn't look that bad to me. The only thing that's <laughs> actually bad is it's pixelated. It's blurry because of the pixelation. Yeah. So that part is bad. But yeah, I, I'd have to see it in more detail without the trailer. Like the trailer itself to me, you uh, you were quite averse to bad CG. It is something mm. that I feel like comes up constantly on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Because you really, when you see, you like focus on it, like to such an extent, sometimes actually when you don't focus on it and I think it's bad, I'm kind of shocked because you always catch things like that way before I would ever. Because I can mm. kind of, I don't know, I have the suspension of disbelief, especially because of gaming, I think, but I'm not as discerning in that regard. Yeah. But I don't think this looks bad because it's too dark to see what's going on. So I don't know, we don't have a great perspective because it's so early and that's like a one shot that you screenshot it on a how did you screenshot that while watching it on your phone yeah at like 720p i don't know i'm not really <laughs> i'm not necessarily convinced um, but i don't know about resident evil so it could be bad for that reason yeah it doesn't look good also this trailer is just genuinely a bad trailer i don't know what it is about trailers you know slowing down popular songs like what was i think it was what's up by four non blondes that they were singing or something like that and for one, the the music just doesn't match the trailer. It makes no sense. They slow it down in a weird way. It's not good. This is a bad trailer. And I don't know who the fuck they hired to do this, but uh, that was the wrong call. Because, again, why would they choose this song? It just doesn't match in any way. I don't know. It seems so amateur. It's unfortunate. Again, I'm still going to watch it. I, I hope uh, I hope it's good. It won't be, but I, but I hope it's good. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Did you watch anything? I've just been yammering. I did, and I I don't want to talk too long because we've been in this segment for a long time of what we've been watching, but I, I did finish both. Arguably like eight plus years, yeah. It's been a while. So I'm just going to talk briefly about it just because I watched Nine Perfect Strangers I finished two weeks ago, and I just didn't have a chance last week because we were talking very long about Venom. Let There Be Carnage, your favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also watched uh, Only Murders in the Building. Nine Perfect Strangers, it's a drama in which – nine perfect strangers, nine people basically get pulled into this spa type event where uh, this person named Masha, who's Mm -hmm. played by none other than Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She's basically running this spa and there are each different people with, and they have to play games from their childhood. And if they fail, they die. Correct. Yes, exactly. And so when they played Mm -hmm. red light, green light, everyone died except for uh, one person. No, that's not what happened. Nicole Kidman, who was running the spa. She's the only one that survived. That She's was the episode only, one. No, she would have been the 10th person. But anyways, so this oh. is a pretty interesting show. I actually quite enjoyed it. It's funny. I don't I don't have much to say that's wrong with it. I cried at certain point, points. I feel like there's a trend for it's me lately. I don't know what it is, but no. This, it, You're an emotional man. It's okay. You're yeah, no. It, it, it definitely, definitely my, my girlfriend and I were in the same boat. This was a very interesting because each of the characters are really well built and they're very well developed as it goes on and they have these relationships with each other as the, the show goes on for this two weeks they're at the spa and uh yeah it's very interesting they're in this weird environment that they can't seem to can't seem to figure out the mystery of and you as the audience are also in this weird environment you're not quite sure what the mystery of the spa is and so you're just trying to figure out that mystery and it's it's worth it i think it's got a pretty good payoff by the end actually the very end, I kind of had some issues with. I thought it was like kind of weird in terms of the way they tied up some of the loose ends. 
But until like the last like maybe 10 minutes, I thought they did a pretty great job. I'm curious to see if we'll have a second season. This is on Hulu. Another show that's on Hulu and Disney Plus here in Canada is Only Murders in the Building. And that's the Steve Martin and Martin Short show with Selena Gomez as well. And I don't know why you always say her as an afterthought. I guess because those guys are legends and she's just kind of in there. But she's really good as well. Selena, Selena Gomez is. She's arguably the most popular of the three. That actually might not be false. So that, I don't yeah. I think you might have been joking, but I feel like that might not be no, false. No, I'm not. I'm like, I was genuinely serious. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Yeah. But um, it's awesome. I think the main titles in both of these shows are really good. I think the main titles in Only Murders in the Building is brilliant. I'm referring to the main title sequences of these two shows, which are really great. Only Murders in the Building has an incredible soundtrack as well. I think that the the mystery in that show, because it's literally about two... Oh, I keep saying two people. What's wrong with me? I'm going to start saying Selena Gomez to start here. Selena Gomez, yeah. uh, Steve Martin, and Martin Short's characters, they start a podcast to figure out who killed somebody, one of their neighbors in the building they live in, in, a, in New York City. And New York City is almost like... This is a show in which New York City is almost like one of those characters. It's like a part of... Mm-hmm. It's like part of the show and it's ingrained into the DNA of what the show is. They have some really great cameos throughout the show as well. I felt thought they were awesome. And the mystery just keeps it going and it's genuinely really funny. Like it's it they're they're awesome, those two. And they're they're mm-hmm. comedy legends, so it doesn't I mean that's not a huge surprise. Um, I mean those three. No Selena Gomez is not a comedy legend. Are you arguing that she is? Are you kidding me? Obvi- you uh, This time I got it right. This time I got that right. You've obviously never watched. Wizards of Waverly Place. She's amazing in that show. Is that so? Um, Hilarious. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of this. I'm so glad it's coming back for a second season. And uh, Didn't it get it, renewed up to season three? Did I imagine that? I have no idea. That I did not see. So if I'll that's check it true, out while you keep talking. I'm curious because that, uh, that is news to me at this moment, I believe. Because I, I, on the montage of previous, previous weeks, a few weeks back, I did say that it got renewed to season two. I did say that. But anyway, the the greatest episode of the show, though, episode seven, is so good, so good. Seven episode seven is like one of those those episodes, like like that episode, Dark Quiet Death from Oh Mythic Quest. Yeah, I know what you mean from Mythic Quest. And and there's other shows that do this. I feel like where they kind of change up the game. They like flip the flip the script, the whole concept of the series. Yeah, flip the script. They flip the concept of the show on its head. And they did that really well with episode seven in such an amazing way. And Kenneth Saddlebauer actually uh, sent me a message about this on Facebook saying, hey, did you watch the seventh episode? And I hadn't at the time, but then when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It, it is genuinely amazing. It's an incredible show. It's very well written. It's very funny. It's got like a really great mystery going through it. And uh, I love that New York, again, is a has a part to play in it and – I recommend it. I recommend it more than Nine Perfect Strangers, that's for sure. And more than What If, and more than The Guilty. Not more than Squid Game, though. But I'm going to remind them. Oh, okay. Up. A Squid Game, Squid Game actually is funny. Is it actually is kind of similar to Nine Perfect Strangers, and I didn't make that, that connection until you just said that as a joke. It is kind of similar in a weird way, because people are thrown into a situation in which they don't really understand the rules. And then they're kind of told the rules, but they're not really clear, because it changes every... So often for Squid Game and Nine Perfect Strangers, um, but uh, yeah, that would be my ranking without making Squid Game or Only Murders in the Building better than the other because I'm not really quite sure. But uh, they're both Fair great. Right. 
that if I was going to recommend something today, it'd be only Murders in the Building or Squid Game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City trailer, because that was the best trailer <laughs> I've ever damn seen, okay? Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems legit. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> made everything I said go go potty. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's a phrase people say, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like, just like I'm so stressed my teeth are falling out. You know, right? Classic phrase. Potato, potato yeah. tomato, tomato, potato. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's let's um, call the whole thing off, Adrian. For sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Only Murders in the Building. I uh, I started uh, Sex Education season three. I'll I'll talk about that when I finish it for next week, most likely. Okay. And then uh, I'm gonna jump into Only Murders in the Building. Cool. Yeah, Disney Plus yeah. if you're in Canada or on Hulu in the United States of America. Adrian, should we move on to the news? I think we should because uh, we're running a little long on some of our segments, and I think we should chug this train yeah, along. Yeah, this might be a long episode, Simon. Yeah, this might be a long episode. So uh, in that case, I want it to be the longest ever. So no, we're staying here. We're staying on this segment forever. Well, I disagree with you. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as publication Variety reports, the Tom Hardy starring Venom Let There Be Carnage has officially beat the record for highest-grossing opening weekend during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, Sony's Venom sequel. Sony's Venom sequel made a total of $90.1 million for its three-day open, beating out the previous $80 million record holder in Disney Marvel's Black Widow starring Scarlett Johansson. While boasting about the success of the film, Sony chairman Tom Rothman said in a statement, quote, we are also pleased that patience and theatrical exclusivity have been rewarded with record results, unquote. The overall box office frontrunner during the pandemic thus far has been Marvel's Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which garnered just over $400 million in box office ticket sales and was notably a theatrical exclusive. It is also important to note the Venom Let There Be Carnage, much like Shang-Chi, has yet to premiere in China, where the original 2018 Venom movie sold over $200 million in theater tickets. The Venom sequel had a production budget of around $110 million. Adrian, I know how you feel about Venom Let There Be Carnage. I know mm-hmm. you think it's the best darn movie ever made. Yeah. But what do you think about this news about it smashing the record? for most ticket sales in the first weekend of its theatrical exclusivity. Mm. Well, Simon, obviously this being my, my favorite movie of the year after the 53 other movies I've watched, I'm incredibly excited about this. I'm super happy. I'm glad it's doing well. Um, realistically, th- this is actually a great thing. Like it's nice. Theaters are back, baby. We're, we're getting back to normal. I don't know if you heard Simon, but they announced that uh, there's no capacity limits to theaters anymore here in Ontario. Um, as well as music yeah. venues and all that stuff. I did hear that. So think- and it's it's good, but again, people are so up in arms about this whole vaccine passport situation that I don't know what that means, you know? Like how long that'll last. I don't know. I th- they're enforcing it for now, and I- I'm glad they are. Uh, and, well, it's super you know, important. I'm gonna keep- it's undoubtedly, yeah. imp- undoubtedly important. I like that their capacity limits are 100% because if you got vaccinated, it's all good. So I don't see what the issue would be, but um, – no, I, I agree with the vaccine passport, just to be clear. Not to get political, because I don't think it's really a political statement. It's about health and safety no. of the, the world at the moment. But people think it's a political issue. So I guess yeah. I was political there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, yeah, I did hear that. So that's good. Yeah. About the, about the, about the capacity limits. 
Pacacity limits. The Pacacity limits. Potato tomato. Yeah. The Pacacity limits. Yeah, exactly. The Pacacity limits. Um, so I'm I'm super happy that yeah it's back to full capacity and and you know again theaters are back baby and it's it's very evident that the um, the theatrical only model is working and obviously uh, Bob Chappick our least favorite Bob uh, you know he he didn't announce that the rest of uh, the movies that Disney is releasing this year are, are being theater exclusive so I'm glad that he's you know walking a little bit back on you know the that premiere access BS that you and I. Uh, talk to death about how much we don't like. So I think this is great. It is a little bit unfortunate that this mediocre at best movie is doing so well. Like I, I kind of like, it's just one of those like, man, people are really just running out to see this shit. Um, but again, I'm just happy for the bigger picture, the bigger picture being theaters getting back to normal and being uh, alive and well, ideally for many years to come. Yeah. 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 That's great. It's great indeed. Bond, the James Bond movie came out this past weekend, and I don't have the data for that. So if it's if we're announcing now that Venom has got the greatest opening weekend since the start of the pandemic, and Bond is doing amazingly, it's just because we don't time travel. Adrian, we record this on a Saturday. I mean, speak for yourself, but yeah. You time travel? Is that what you're saying? Come on. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not going to tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> I do. I do time travel. Yeah, you're invisible when no one's looking. That's your superpower. Pretty cool superpower. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. Yeah, I just um, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what smashes this record. I also I forgot to make this correction at the top of our show. Um, I'm really <gasps> hoping that Dune does really well in theaters because Denis Villeneuve wanted it to be in theaters exclusively, and Warner Brothers kind of screwed him over on that. Um, and I said a couple weeks back that. The Harder They Fall is my most anticipated movie of the year, but I've been reading, slowly chugging through the Dune, Frank Herbert's Dune. And uh, I'm near the end, and I'm just loving that story. And I, you know, I've watched some, some small snippets from the Dune movie, you know, Denis Villeneuve doing an interview, etc. And I'm just really hyped for Dune. So Dune is actually my most hyped movie of the year. I, I completely forgot about Dune when I said that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Although I am very excited for The Harder They Fall, but... Dune, I want yeah. to be like record breaker for pandemic. That would be the hope. Just because, again, I feel like I don't think it will be. Just because it got screwed over by H- HBO Max, yeah. right? But uh, but but I am excited for it. Like again, I really like Denis Villeneuve as a director. Um, like I, I love all of his movies. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah, you said. Vin- I really like him as a director. Yeah, you said the wrong name. You said Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. The director of the Dune movie, Denny Vildoon. Um, you, if you did it on purpose, dude, you make mistakes like this all the time just by accident. So no one would think that you're making a joke, just so you're aware. I kind of got it just based on the way you just said, yeah, Denny Vildoon. But that didn't seem like a joke. You got to be more you know, accurate in your speech otherwise, okay? And then we can – Well, I don't want to. Then we can talk about yeah. your your pacacity. I don't want to, Simon. I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want. Your pacacity for humor. I'm just here to say whatever I want and talk to you while doing it. All right. Okay? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I forget my train of thought. Yeah, but anyways, you said that Denis Villeneuve is not going to do – his movie is not going to do – doing that well in when it launches at the end of October. Yeah. In theaters. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Dune is going to do well. Unfortunately, and I think partially that's going to be because, uh, yeah, it is releasing on HBO Max day and date. And I feel like most of those movies haven't done well, like even Suicide, the Suicide Squad. 
um, like didn't do well. I don't necessarily know if that was fully because of HBO Max, but I it, it must have played a factor in it. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm I'm I am hoping that it does well and that it merits a sequel because as far as I'm aware, like he's doing the novel he's doing the novel in in two parts he is doing it in two parts so. and i'm pretty sure they already greenlit the second part if they haven't i'll be surprised oh they did well okay pretty well, sure good. if they don't do the second part especially especially because it's like 90 percent of rotten tomatoes so they gotta do it hmm. they gotta do it adrian they gotta do 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 no I'm, I'm very excited for it I, I don't know if you've watched any yeah. of the other trailers but it it looks genuinely amazing and i and i've been kind of envisioning the actors that have been cast in the roles that they are uh, you know like gurney halleck and uh and paul and jessica i just find that they're just so well cast i'm i'm very excited the more i listen the more i'm imagining you know um like josh brolin in his role or um my brother hates this but uh jason momoa um he just really doesn't like that Jason Momoa was cast in the role he's cast in. But anyways, yeah, Duke Leto is uh, Oscar Isaac. It's just so good. Just so good. I'm very excited. Yeah. Anyways. I haven't watched any more trailers, uh, really. I-, I bought tickets for it. Me and my buddy uh, Peter are going. Oh, you already bought tickets? Together. That's cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. Neato. Neato. I was initially going to go with you, but then you bailed on me, so it's fine. Whatever. I see. I didn't even buy tickets yeah. yet. I might have invited you when we actually- Too bad. I don't want to go. No, but I guess that's not happening anymore. It's fascinating. I don't want to go. It's fine. It's fine. Why? Okay. Fine. Okay, Adrian. Let's move on. Number two. According to Variety, Disney Plus has greenlit a WandaVision spinoff TV series that is set to follow villain Agatha Harkness. Actor Catherine Hahn has been cast to reprise her role as Agatha in the new series, with WandaVision screenwriter Jack Schaefer also set to write and produce the spinoff. Schaefer has a blossoming relationship with Disney. She also wrote the Scarlett Johansson starring Black Widow movie, and she most recently signed a multi-year contract with Marvel. Further details in regards to Disney's Agatha TV series are being kept under wraps for now. Adrian, what are you thinking about this new TV series on Disney Plus? This is interesting. I honestly would have never expected them to go down this route and create a spin-off series based on her character. Um I I can't really remember exactly what happens throughout the end, but I think she's just kind of doing her thing, like like not not really out and about anymore. I feel like yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is an odd choice. I, I'm definitely interested in it. I think Catherine Hahn is an amazing actor, and and I love her character in this show. So I, I want to see what they're going to do. But I'm curious if this is going to be more so a prequel, like a setup uh, of you know, like what happens in WandaVision, or even go further back and explain kind of her origins because they do talk about her origin in the show, but it's kind of glossed over in like an opening scene of an episode. So. I don't know. I think this is kind of interesting. And I mean, Schaefer, I think uh, she did uh, like a, an awesome job writing WandaVision despite, you know, we, 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 we went pretty in depth in our closer look episode about it. And the, you know, the things that we didn't necessarily love, like how there was so many red herrings that, you know, didn't really pay off, unfortunately throughout the series. And uh, you and I both didn't really love black widow. Like, I think it's an okay movie. Like it's just kind of whatever. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I hope it ends up being good. And I'm definitely curious of of what they're going to do with it. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of, I'm just, I'm intrigued is the best way to put it. What do you think about this, man? I don't know. I want some of these shows to come out before we, they're announcing these new shows kind of thing. Like they're, they're doing spinoffs or shows mm-hmm. before we've gotten some of like the mainline ones that they announced from the beginning. Like I'm really excited for the Oscar Isaac starring 
uh, Moon Knight. Uh, I'm really interested to see what She-Hulk could even be. I just because I've been I've been playing that Avengers game from Square Enix on PlayStation. I kind of am very curious to see what they'll do with uh, Miss Marvel. Um, these shows are kind mm. of uh, even the Hawkeye show hasn't come out yet, and that was announced like way back. So I, I don't know if I'm yeah. not excited about this just because like okay, I get the impression that this is a prequel. That's what I I understood as well, just because of where mm. she's kind of ends up at you know during the end of the end of that WandaVision series. So I'm not sure, but mm. it seems like that would be the case. And then Jack Schaefer, I have not been super impressed so far with the writing. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I certainly didn't hate Black Widow. I just thought that it kind of felt a little lackluster and I kind of drew attention mm. to the fact that, the, I don't know, it lacked, it lacked mystery. And the funny thing about it is that WandaVision arguably lacked mystery a little bit too, because of the, the red herring situation, like they they queued up all these mysteries, but then they it kind of panned up to, panned out to nothing. Like it, it just felt yeah, like, like uh, yeah, like uh, I, I feel like it didn't lack mystery; it just lacked payoff of the mystery. But it's not really the, a mystery if you issue. don't have anything there. Like you're 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 queuing up mystery, but the, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like there wasn't. It's not even a payoff. Like there wasn't. Like it was explained to be nothing all along. Like we were like the stupid ones. It felt like you were calling the audience stupid to me. It was like, oh, you're just stupid. You just you read into something that wasn't there. That's what it felt like genuinely by the end of that series. Yeah, it's like this self. Yeah, it's like viewer perceived mystery that was never there in the first place but they were literally queuing up red herrings because of dotty as an example who the actor the actor who played dotty was literally afterwards said it's going to be kind of disappointing <laughs> to some people yeah. like okay well why did you do that then it just seemed like i don't understand why you did this and then i felt and i said this in the black widow review in a lot of good spy movies, they have like a mess, a mystery behind them. You're kind of figuring out like Jason Bourne, a lot of the Bond movies, you're kind of figuring out what the, the big bad is up to. And in that Black Widow spy movie, there's not really much. They kind of explain the plot very quickly in the very beginning of the movie. And I said this before, but I, I just don't that, – that, not that you require this. And Ken was quick to point out as like a correction to me like personally. He said, I don't know about that. Not every spy movie has this mystery that you're trying to unravel. I don't know. I think the good ones have a good mystery that you're trying to unravel was my kind of response to him. And I, I think that that was the issue here too. It's just funny. It's just, he's failing on the mystery aspect aspect of the mystery shows she's kind of building or, t or movies. So I, I don't know. I don't hate both of those things. I like WandaVision enough and I liked Black Widow enough, but it just felt like it was just, it was so close to excellence and it just didn't get there. It's like the Black Widow just focused on fight scene after fight scene, which didn't necessarily end up being too memorable. So anyway, I don't know. I want to see this. This will be cool, I'm sure, because all the Marvel shows have been pretty great so far. The production values are fantastic, but I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. Okay, fair enough. I think we're yeah both in a similar place for this one. Indeed. Indeed. Now you're making me think I hurt your feelings about Dune. And I'm sorry, Adrian. I feel like I should have invited you. We didn't even, we didn't make, I mean, it's, it's almost like you didn't invite me at this point because I mean, I don't even have tickets yet, but. Um, well, no, no, no. Because you specifically mentioned on like an episode being like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually going with my brother. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I thought I was your brother, but obviously. Oh, oh, wow. That hurts. We'll talk about this a little later. Number three, number three, story number three. As Variety reports, the animated series adaptation of Critical Role's first Dungeons & Dragons campaign is set to premiere on Amazon Prime on February 4th, 2022. 
Critical Role is a web series that follows a group of professional voice actors as they participate in various Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. Relatively well-known actors like Ashley Johnson, Travis Willingham, Matthew Mercer, Marisha Ray, and Laura Bailey are a part of this wildly popular series. Their first campaign was based upon a band of adventurers called Fox Machina, played by the aforementioned voice actors, who seek to save the magical kingdom of Alexandria. The new animated series is called Legend of Vox Machina, and has already been promised two seasons of 24 episodes by Amazon Prime. The push for the animated series adaptation initially broke records with a 2019 Kickstarter campaign that raised over $11 million after seeking less than 800000 This, of course, drew the attention of the folks over at Amazon, who were quick to scoop up the series. On another note, the third campaign of the Critical Role web series is planned to start up via YouTube and Twitch broadcast in a few weeks' time on October 21st, which just so happens to be the launch day of Dune as well. Adrian, what are you thinking about this? I think you chose this story because you choose the the main news stories. I think you chose it because you like Critical Role and that you watch it, I'm assuming. Am I wrong? No, actually. You are wrong. I, uh, I've, I've tried to get into critical role. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I've listened to a few episodes and it, it's honestly, for me, it's just a little bit too chaotic. It's hard to keep track and you know, really. Yeah. Cause there's so many people talking and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but I, I, I really love the, the idea of it, you know, like, you know, just dungeons and dragons, just live and people get to watch it. And it really reminds me of, um, Dan Harmon's show that came out Harmon quest, where it's essentially they're they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in front of a live audience and then they animate over it. That is definitely meant to be more of a comedy, but th- that's kind of just what this gave uh, or what this story um, gave me vibes of. And I- I'm super intrigued and I know that like people love Critical Role and that it's like so well received and the story is fantastic. And I'm I'm excited because this is going to be the way I will be able to consume that story and this content. And again, the voice actors attached to this are, are just fantastic like i love ashley johnson she plays ellie in the last of us and laura bailey plays uh abby actually in the last of the video us game too and, and a bunch of characters that i love video game not the hbo series just to be clear yeah yeah exactly um apologies to ken um for talking about video games and uh again yeah like it's it's a it's a stellar cast and i'm excited to see this in animated fashion i think amazon was smart to pick this up because uh, again critical role is hugely popular like i know so many people that listen to it on a regular basis and and are very excited for the this uh, third campaign coming out um and yeah i don't know i'm i'm super intrigued about this like have you ever listened to critical role are you familiar with it i'm familiar with it yes um i became way more familiar with it to re- when writing this story but my, my brother's a big dungeons and dragons fan and um and I, I'm not not a fan, but he's kind of read read the the actual editions of Dungeons and Dragons just to be familiar with the rules, despite the fact that he's using versions back. Um, I feel like he's gonna mm-hmm. get mad at me, but I believe he's using the second edition um, in his campaign that he runs, and he's been running for like I feel like 10, 20 years at this point. Um, but yeah, like I uh, I do like role-playing games like tabletop role-playing games like i participate in one and uh, i mm-hmm. enjoy it and i just uh i just never felt the need to watch this or listen to it as a podcast form because i believe it's a podcast as well just because i find mm-hmm. it's almost like 
I don't know what the best way to describe. It's almost like watching people play video games on YouTube. I just don't understand that. Like, okay, yes, mm-hmm. listen to a review, but when people are just literally watching the gameplay, and uh, I don't really quite get it. I get it, but I don't really have the same need. Whenever I watch someone play video games, I'm like, I want to turn on that video game. Oh, they're playing Red Dead Redemption 2? Let me turn that on. I don't have the mm-hmm. instincts to watch it. It's weird. Even when I – it's a funny thing for me too, even to go more, even more extreme. I played hockey a lot growing up um, for years, like 20 years, and I got to a pretty high level. But I found when I would watch the Toronto Maple Leafs as an example, my family was kind of a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, like, you know, they were, they're fans of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, they're a Toronto Maple Leafs family. Yeah. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yes. He hit that terrible joke out of the park. But that's a, that's a, I appreciate it. That's a baseball reference. I, I just found when I watched, like, even the Toronto Maple Leafs play, I feel like I wish I could play. Like actually just get on the ice and, and play. It's a weird situation. I don't know. It's a strange thing. I don't know if you felt like that when you when you watch Critical Role. I don't know if you participate in tabletop role-playing games. Or maybe I do know that you do I that. do. I have. Oh, you have. And I, I really like Look doing that. it. And yeah, like I, I, I miss it. We. I knew that. I knew that. I'm being stupid, obviously. You are being stupid. As per usual, though. Don't worries, man. I won't hold it against you. Oh, you're just laying on the, the roasts here. This is a... <laughs> The Roast Master General Adrian over here. Roast Master General, baby. That's what they call me. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I definitely have that like craving to do it. I, I miss doing that. We we haven't done it since pre-COVID, which is wild. It's been nearly two years. Um, I'd like to start it back up personally, but yeah. I mean, you could do it over Zoom. Like you could participate in tabletop role-playing games over Zoom, but it's just not the same. And I, that's why. Yeah we haven't started back up as well just because mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, that's kind yeah. of my where my head's at. But this series, and I think you're on the same potential page, this series, the animated series that Amazon has picked up, arguably just removes that. It's basically the story of what the campaign is, except they're making an animated series of that campaign. So there's really, mm-hmm. it removes that whole, for you, the weird, you can't keep track situation. And for me, it's the, Listening to people play a role playing game just makes me want to play a role playing game. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it could be interesting. I don't know if I'm going to get into it only because I literally have so much I'm behind in. But I don't know. Maybe by February I'll have caught up. It just seems unlikely in yeah. terms of TV series and movies. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I got like a billion things to watch too. It's crazy how many things keep coming out. Like I have, like I I just started up and I don't want to talk about it now because we you know. We've talked about a million shows and movies we watched this week, but uh, I just started up the morning show again. C started up from Apple TV. Ted Lasso, I have to catch up on. Foundation is a show that's really quite wildly oh, yeah, popular, geez. it seems like. It already got renewed, I think, for next season, if I recall. Well, spoiler for the montage, Adrian. Oh, that's where you learned that. that is because I asked you to approve that story, you fool. That's not true. It's not true. You're making shit up, dude. As per you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Anyways, uh, so yes, I might catch this uh, ca- catch this when it comes out, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. You ready for the montage in which you know, already know one of the stories because Adrian just ruined it? Mm-hmm. I love ruining things, baby. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry about Dune. You're just roasting me. I, I apologize, okay? I realize there's a lot of animosity toward me, and I realize it's because of the Dune situation, okay? Yes. I apologize. Although, again, it seems like you abandoned me because, again, you have tickets. No, it's I not don't. true. I did not abandon you. I've been holding it against you since you mentioned it all those episodes ago. 
just anger growing okay. inside me more and more. I can tell. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as the Hollywood Reporter notes, this is us actor Scrolling K. Brown has been cast in Hulu's TV series adaptation of author S.C. Adugoyan's novel Washington Black. The Twilight Zone reboot writer Selwyn Safu Hines will showrun the project. Neat. I like Sterling K. Brown quite a bit. Every time I see him, he's just one of those guys. Every time you see him, I'm like, I like this guy. Number two. As Publication Deadline reports, Apple has renewed the science fiction TV series Foundation for a second season mere weeks after the first season's premiere. I saw you type that in after I mentioned it. You're just you're just trying to take the credit. I typed it in while I was talking. How much skill do you think I have while running this podcast? Dude, you're so skilled. You know what? I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. This, this is a great trade-off. You think I'm yeah. typing this up as we go along? Which I'm just mm-hmm. I'm finishing the montage as we as I discuss this with you. I see I see you typing A B C D. For whatever reason, you're typing the alphabet all of a sudden. It's weird. Yeah. But anyways, number three, A B C. As tech website The Verge reports, 21 Jump Street directors Phil Lord and Christopher Miller's next TV series is an eight-episode limited murder mystery series called The After Party. The show premieres on January 22nd and will star Tiffany Haddish and Sam Richardson. Oh, damn, this actually seems really great. Do you know that uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 is only a year away as well? Whoa! Yeah. Number four. As Deadline reports, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina actress Kiernan Shipka has been cast as Sabrina the Teenage Witch in Network CW's sixth season of Riverdale. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but uh, honestly, who cares? I'm never going to watch this shit. Who cares? Number five. As Deadline reports, Inception actor Killian Murphy has officially been cast as physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer in director Christopher Nolan's next World War II film that is planned for a 2023 release. Awesome. I love Killian Murphy. And he, I love that he's always working with Christopher Nolan. It's fantastic. Number six. As Variety reports, AMC's preacher showrunner Sam Catlin has signed a multi-project TV deal with Apple TV+. That's cool. Good for him. Uh, again, I didn't love the ending of Preacher, unfortunately, but I think uh, the show is quite promising in the beginning. Number seven. As followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, actress Jessica Biel has been cast as axe murderer Candy Montgomery in Hulu's upcoming true crime drama series, Candy. Oh, that's cool. I love me some murder. Number eight. According to Variety, actors Jesse Williams and Tig Notaro have been cast in the Reese Witherspoon Ashton Kutcher starring Netflix rom-com Your Place or Mine? Mine, preferably. No, that's the name of the movie. Oh. Either way. Mine, preferably. Okay, then. Number nine. According to Variety... Due to scheduling conflicts, Shape of Water composer Alexandre Desplat has dropped out of scoring director Guillermo del Toro's film Nightmare Alley. Knives Out composer Nathan Johnson has been hired on in Desplat's stead. Oh, wild. That movie's coming out like the end of this year. I didn't realize that movies were scored so late into the game. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, from my understanding, yeah, it's it's usually one of the the last things because they got to see everything. They got to see all the... All the scenes. Yeah, that's true. You make a good point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Number 10. As Variety has reported, a spinoff of sitcom That 70s Show is coming to Netflix. It will take place in 1995, will be called That 90s Show, and will star That 70s Show actors Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp. That's neat, man. 
that's that's actually really neat. Um, I'm glad that's uh, coming out. I never was really into uh, that 70s show, though, I'll be honest. I think there already was a spinoff called That 80s Show, which was very short-lived. It like, maybe had like one season, if I recall correctly. Yeah, interesting. And that concludes the montage. 80s, 90s, 70s, all these years coming together montage. Indeed. Adrian, yeah. what do you got for me, buddy? What do you got for me? Simon, I got new releases for you. Ooh. And this is for the week of October 11th to October 17th, which is a regular Monday to Sunday, baby. Monday to Sunday. Indeed. Indeed it is. Yeah. And the first batch of these movies are coming out on Tuesday, October the 12th, Simon. And the first one is a movie called Making Malinch. Malinch. Malinch? Whatever. A documentary by Nacho Cano. Malinka. Uh, this is a Netflix original movie, and it's a behind-the-scenes look of the making of Nacho's new musical. Malinche. Malinche. Is that how you pronounce it? No idea. I'm winging it. That seems right. I'm going to stick with that one. The one thing I know about this mu- musical is that it's Nacho musical. That was awful. That was genuinely awful. Thanks. I think we can agree. I try. Did I try, honestly? Um, next up is a movie called Bright Samurai Soul. This is a Netflix original anime movie about a human ronin and an orc assassin teaming up to save an elf. Oh. Yeah. Samurai and medieval fantasy. Hmm. Question mark? Question mark? Huh. Convergence. Ooh. Courage in a Crisis is up net is up next. It's up Netflix. It's up Netflix. Next Flix. Anyways, who cares? Uh, it's up next. And it's a Netflix original documentary about just some heroes during the COVID crisis. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Perhaps. Maybe. And the next couple movies, Simon, they're coming out on Wednesday, October the 13th. And the first one is called Operation Hyacinth. H-Y-A-C-I-N-T-H. I don't know how to pronounce that. I never will. And this is a Netflix original movie, and it's about a Polish police officer in the 1980s that goes off on his own to solve a murder investigation in the gay community of Warsaw. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. Fever Dream is up next, and it's a Netflix original movie, and it's about two moms that figure out an environmental catastrophe is coming. Uh Uh-oh. spaghetti Oh. I can tell you right now, there's one right now. It's coming. You think? Global warming, baby. Climate change is here. Are we the two moms in that movie? Yeah. We're the two moms setting, you know, sounding the alarm about global warming that's destroying the earth and- It's happening. Causing incessant flooding and wildfires and hurricanes. Honestly, I never noticed. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next movie that's coming out is- coming- At least one of us is one of the moms, I guess. Yeah, it's coming out on Thursday, October the 14th, and it's a movie called A World Without. And it's a Netflix original movie, and it's about three teenage girls that decide to join a reclusive community run by a charismatic leader to find happiness. And to me, Simon, that just sounds like a cult. It does to me as well, yeah. I was going to just say that. I think they just join a cult. Yep. And that's Mm. what this movie is about. A reclusive community run by a charismatic... The problem is, is you wrote this, so I don't know how much of this... Like, did you just paraphrase and change some of the words? And I don't know. You know what I mean? Simon, we're going to play a little game. Did I write it or did I not? Um, no, we're not going to do that this week. Maybe next week. Who knows? You wrote you wrote them all. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? If you hadn't wrote them all, then you would have already started the game, but you didn't. And that's why I know you wrote them all. So am I wrong? It's true. 
You got me. You got me, son of a gun. You got me. Anyways, the, these next movies are all coming out on Friday, October the 15th. And the first one is called The Four of Us. It's a Netflix original movie. And I think this is a, a movie about two couples that swing. Oh, wow. Like in a park? Like not on like a swing set. Oh. Like they exchange oh, okay. they, ex- they exchange their partners. B- bodily fluids. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. I thought that's what you were going to say, but it it wasn't. You said partners. That's more polite. I apologize to the listeners out there that might have pictured that. Anyways, Adrian, what's the next movie coming out? The Trip, and Simon, and it's a Netflix original movie. It's about a husband and a wife that go to a remote cabin to murder one another. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a horror comedy. I see. Seems kind of interesting. I kind of want to watch that. Um, the Forgotten Battle is coming up next, and it's a Netflix original movie. And it's following the stories of three soldiers during the Battle of the Scheldt in World War II. I see. Um, I know one of those three soldiers is like a Nazi, so I don't think they're all good guys. Okay. Yeah. Unless it was a good Nazi, which I don't think existed. But who knows? Next up. It's a movie called The Velvet Underground, Simon. It's an Apple TV Plus original movie, actually, and it's the first documentary about this legendary rock band. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You ever hear of the band The Velvet Underground? I have, but I don't have that much. I don't think I I might have even heard one of their songs, but I don't. I don't know what it is. I have a struggle with names of bands and connecting the songs sometimes. That's. I feel like that's a side effect of the the radio existing, but. Yeah. Why are you are you a fan of the Velvet Underground? Is that why you're asking that not question? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. That's see, that's what I'm thinking. Like, not that yeah. I'm aware of. No. Yeah. Anyways, up next is a movie called Demigod, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about a woman that travels to a German forest where she is forced to perform a mysterious ritual from her family's past. Oh no! Or oh yes, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. The Grand Duke of Corcisa. 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 C-O-R-C-I-S-A. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app, and this is a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a cantankerous architect. Uh, Sorry. A, a cantankerous architect ensures he finishes the job for the Grand Duke of Corcisa. During a malaria epidemic. That was a bad write-up. I don't know what I was thinking when I Did wrote that Did you write one. that? You wrote cantankerous? No, I copied that one. I copied that word. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm not that clever. Anyways, up next is Halloween Kills. This is coming to theaters, Simon. And this is a sequel to the sequel of the original. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. Yeah. But it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. It does. And that's what matters for that series, doesn't it? Yeah. It also has Mike Myers in it. Yes. Yes. Oh, speaking of cast, who's in the trip? That movie where the the husband and wife go to a remote cabin to kill one another. It's kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Because I'm kind of curious, like if that movie could be good or could be bad, but I'm curious who's involved. Let me find out for you, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick. Not that it really necessarily matters. Just to be clear, like who's involved? Just because I mean, I didn't know anyone who was involved in Squid Game, and that that friggin' show is legendary. Are you playing the trailer right right now, or is that? Yeah, it started. Lars and Lisa. Their names are Lars and Lisa? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's their last name? Uh, it's not showing me the cast. This is fucking God. What's the last name of these people? It's uh, Lars Lisa and Lisa Lars, obviously. 
What? Their husband and wife. They didn't, I guess they didn't Numi swap last Rapace. names. Rapace. Oh. Numi Rapace, Axel Henny, Atla and Tonson, Christian Rubik, Andre Erickson, Nils Ola Oftebro, and Stigfrod Henriksen. Those are the casted, casted people. It's Norwegian. Okay. I feel like you butchered every one of their names. <laughs> but I do know who Numi uh, Rapace is. So I feel like yeah. that, yeah. Maybe I do as well. Yeah, but I feel like I just pronounced her name very badly. So I'm just going to check that right now. Ah, oh, my favorite segment of her show. How, how do you pronounce this name? Numi. Oh, I know Numi Rapace. Yeah, there you go. I've seen her. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Sorry. My phone is having problems right now. Like it cannot search for anything. Mm-hmm. Numi Rapace was also in that movie that just came out, Lamb. Yeah, out, like, yeah, she week. is. Yeah, she's yeah. in Prometheus as well. She's a lot mm-hmm. of the, the the girl with the tattoo or of the dragon played with fire, etc. The girl with the tattoo that is a dragon. Yeah, but like it's like there's also the hit the hit movie franchise. It's like a series, but the the girl with the or the girl who played with fire, whatever it, it continues from there. She's also in Sherlock Holmes, the second one. Anyways, oh man, what did you get that? No, play it again, Adrian. Yeah. Hello? I'm here. Hello? Oh, I'm no. here. Adrian, this is a disaster. I know you're probably talking to me and you can't hear me when I'm, I mean, I can't hear you, but my AirPods, they switch over automatically now. I just, I updated my Mac and I can't, now I know you can probably hear me because the microphone is in front of me. But I can hear my you. My headphones are connected to my, my phone. Anyway, I'm hoping that it reconnects soon so that I don't sit here like an idiot. I can hear you, Simon. So that's the end of that segment of the show, because we can't do that anymore. I can do it. Numi Rapace. Numi Rapace. Aha! I heard that. I heard that. I heard that through my headphones. I don't even know where we left off. Where did we leave off? Numi Rapace. What about her? We were just pronouncing her name. It's a famous segment of, sh- of the show. Anyways, we-, we heard it. You want me to just jump into the next movie? You kind of sound terrible. Me? Yeah. I don't think I've changed anything. I'm still the same man I was earlier. I hope so. Or am I Melissa McCarthy? Who knows? Okay. Well, we're going to continue anyways. So continue. Uh, okay. Anyways, the last movie that's coming out is uh, The Last Duel, which is coming out to theaters. And this is that one movie where everyone has different accents. Yes. Yeah. We got Ben Affleck. We got Matt Damon. We got... Um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I'm trying to think of the, the actress from my insane... She's amazing. Oh, jo- uh, Jodie Comer mm. from uh, Killing Eve and Free Guy, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's getting reviewed pretty okay. It's 75%. All right. So. I'm willing to watch it if you're willing to watch it. I actually really want to see the Bond film. The Bond, the James Bond movies are always a great spectacle to see in, in theaters. It's just like a Mission Impossible movie, you know? Yeah. So, I got to watch it. Just, I'll watch the other three freaking movies. and Yeah. Uh, I just have no one to go see it with. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, hook up with Peter. I don't know if Peter likes the Bond movies. You can ask him. I don't know if Peter likes Dune, but he uh, does. Alas, he specifically asked me. He's like, "I love Denny Villa Dune. I want to go with you to watch Dune." Has so, he has he read Dune? I don't know. I never asked. Oh, I see. All right, it's fine. It's fine, Adrian. All right, I think that's the last movie, if I'm not mistaken. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. We're done. Cool. Cool. All right. 
That's the last movie, and that's the end of our regular scheduled programming for Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Adrian, do you have anything else to add? Do you have anything to say to our audience before we let them go? No. Uh, I mean, I guess support your support your local theaters. We like it. We like it when the theaters do well because we want them to be in business. Support your local theater. Um, I guess you can write into us. That's splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com, and you can find us anywhere, anywhere ever. On your TV, you can find us. Because you open the YouTube application, and you can listen to the podcast. You won't see us, but you can listen to it. You can uh, find us on any other podcast service that that includes um, um, iHeartRadio, the, the arguably the most popular one. Um, you can you can hear us on on Amazon Podcasts. I think uh, you can you can hear, which is the, probably the second most popular one. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, i iTunes podcast, iPodcast podcasts on the iTunes apps, which is arguably the least popular one, probably. Um, you know, on all those it. streaming services. You're killing this explanation. It's incredible. Thanks, man. I try. You can also find us on YouTube. That was Split Focus, the film and TV podcast on YouTube. I know. I said you that. Subscribe to that, baby, as well. I led with that. Oh, I'm sorry. You never listen to me. We're also on Spotify. Whatever. Just go watch Doing With Your Brother. I don't care. Just go watch Doing With Your Brother. What do you mean you don't care? You've already got tickets. I don't have, I'm the one without tickets. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. the bad guy here, okay? You're the bad guy, not me. I'm the bad guy. We didn't have our plan solidified. You abandoned me, is what happened. I didn't abandon you. I didn't abandon you like Hassan Karaman. It's very inside baseball, video game reference. I'm sorry if the audio degraded in the last little bit, uh, audience. I I can't, I don't know what's going on, but uh, we had a little bit of a small technical mishap at the very, that's why I kind of missed what you just said about whether it was on, we were on YouTube or not. Um. I know you're going to think that's an excuse, Adrian, but it's the mm-hmm, truth. It is. I'm having some audio issues. Like I can't really hear you. Like I'm, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing what you're saying, and I can't see you, so it's not like I'm reading your lips or anything like that. Um, no dubs or subs in this case. Wow. Uh, it's a silent film. Yeah. Was that? It's a silent film. <laughs> it's well. It's not a silent film. It's literally silence. <laughs> there's no. There's no picture. Oh, is that a silent film? There's nothing. I have zero to go on. You know what I'm saying? I I don't. I can hear a you. Silent film. You, you, okay, you've ever watched a Charlie Chaplin film or anything like that? Are your eyes open, Simon? Yeah, but what am I looking at, Adrian? I don't know. There's nothing to see. I'm looking at my computer. Are you blind? Oh my god, dude! I had no idea. You're not on screen. We don't do oh. this over Zoom. I don't see anything except for the waves of, of audio. I can kind of guess that you're speaking. What do you mean? How am I supposed to translate what the audio waves are in terms of the English language? Come on. I know. This, how. Is, ridic- this is ridiculous. And we're running a little long in the tooth in terms of our arguments. Just because yeah. of your upsetness because of my lack of inviting you to Dune in which you didn't invite me at the end of the day and the end of this whole charade. And I'm just going to end this now. And I'm, I'm thankful for our audience for listening. You can write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for Kenneth Saddlebauer for doing so, by the way. Thank you for listening to the 67th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Simon, I just want to thank you for doing this with me. I'm excited for uh, Denny Villa Dune's Dune movie. It's going to be great. Um, but you know what else is a great movie? Batman versus Superman. It's a fantastic movie, arguably. It's awesome. 
And uh, that's it. That's all, baby. Take care and goodbye. I said, take- no, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. No, uh, I can't hear what's happening. I don't know if he said, oh, he did. He ended it. Thanks, Jimmy. You're the best. You're one of the greatest audio technicians I've ever worked with. If he was, we wouldn't have had this problem in the first place, Simon. Sorry, he said something else. Oh, he just wrapped up. Goodbye. Okay, whatever. Jimmy's a piece of shit.